Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another edition of Believe in 49ers presented by the Believe Podcasts Network. I am your host, Tommy Call the Third. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy underscore III, triple I for the third. And if you want to catch some of my written work, head over to USA Today's Niners Wire or little basketball work. The season's about a month away, a little over a month away. Head over to Warriors Wire for all that stuff. But now that we got that out of the way, the introductions out of the way, can you feel it? Enough of the meaningless preseason chatter, the training camp battles. We are officially a little, just a little over a week away from football season. We only have a couple more podcasts left to predict and talk about the chatter. We're going to have some games to go over, people. Whew. Christmas is here. We're, we're currently getting a little appetizer right now with college football back. I'll know about you guys. I just watched a little Utah versus Florida on Thursday. I'm actually heading down to Southern California this weekend, LA, for USC versus Nevada. Get a look at Caleb Williams. But as fun as college football is and the pageantry of that, and I'm excited, and we're going to talk a little bit about college football throughout the season on this podcast. We're going to look at some guys we should be paying attention to for the NFL draft. But it doesn't do the same as just NFL kickoff. It's it's like a holiday to me. It really is. I have it circled on the calendar every year. Cannot wait. I mean, we are so close. But before we get there, we got a jam-packed edition of Believe in 49ers today. We're going to talk about that 53-man roster. We finally got our first look out of it. It was NFL cut-down day this week. We also got to talk a little more about the Trey Lance trade. And some kicker chatter along with Nick Bosa watch. We're going to touch all those bases today on Believe in 49ers. But first things first, let's talk about that 53. So after cutdown day, to me, there wasn't really any big surprises in my opinion. This is a roster that's pretty ready-made. Not a ton of competition. You got a lot of guys in ink and Sharpie at their positions and their roles within this roster. So again, no big surprises. No guys were really banging the table for why were they cut, but there's definitely a few guys I would have liked to see and stick around on the 53. Um, mainly one player in, in particular, and it shouldn't come to you as a surprise if we are talking about him. It is Deshaun Jameson, starting with him. He's a guy we talked a lot about on this podcast throughout training camp. He's a guy that personally impressed me. He seemed to get a ton of respect from not only the coaching staff with praise from Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinators, but other players were mentioning him by name when they were at the podium throughout training camp. And you know, on the field, he showed like he had solid footwork, he could tackle on the boundary, and maybe most importantly, he brought some experience in the kicking game as a returner. Um, I thought he showed the ability to not only grind out a roster spot, but, you know, potentially a role as a rookie undrafted free agent out of Texas. And, you know, with Isaiah Oliver underwhelming the preseason, it seemed like Jameson could have pushed for some playing time at corner or, you know, in the kick return game as Raymond McLeod 
is work nursing back an injury. Um, you know, and making the Jameson cut even worse is that he's, you know, one day later goes by and he's claimed by division rival, the Arizona Cardinals. So that's a tough pill to swallow, I think. But outside of that, again, you know, there's some guys that could have gone either or. I think there's some surprises. Hey, why did you keep – you could make the argument for why did you keep this guy when you could have kept this guy at this position. You know, there are some back end of the roster position battles. But, again, nothing super surprising. Um, Nick Zakel over Elm Manning, you know, Keith Ishmael, all three of those guys, I think showed, well, not really Nick Zakel, but showed some, you know, some form of way to get on this roster. Um, Zakel had some penalties in the preseason, gave up some pressures to the quarterback, but it seems like the 49ers brass and obviously still has some faith in the former sixth, sixth round pick. Um, I know there was a lot of, you know, El Manny fans. I wrote about him for Niners Wire earlier in the week. Um, T.Y. McGill, I feel like you could have made the argument for him. Um, however, he has landed on the practice squad. A lot of these guys kind of reset and went back to the practice squad outside of Deshaun Jameson, of course. Um, but again, no no big surprises, in my opinion. If you there were any guys out there that you really were banging the table for, that you're upset they didn't make the, te- the team, please let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Tommy underscore III. Um, but now that this roster is set and kind of looking over what potential depth charts might look like, um, you start looking at some of these position groups. And then, to me, some certain guys stick out. Like, why did they make the team or why didn't – so-and-so make the team. And one of those position groups to me is the wide receiver. It's it's hard to gloss over that wide receiver room. It feels a little bit top heavy with depth, a little depth due to injuries. I mean, keeping Danny Gray on the roster and then sending him to IR with Ray Raymond McLeod, like I mentioned, nursing an injury. Shanahan and the 49ers, in my opinion, will need to kind of lean on a guy like Ronnie Bell to, you know, take a positive step and a positive step pretty quickly because outside of, you know, Jawan Jennings, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, three guys are very familiar with. It's a bit of a surprise to me that the 49ers didn't keep around Willie Sneed or Chris Connolly, two guys that had, you know, not significant moments. I don't want to call them in the preseason, but positive moments in the preseason. And, you know, both of these guys ended up landing on the practice squad as veterans and with more kind of flexibility with what you can do on Sundays with the practice squad. Um, they The 49ers will have the chance to activate one of these guys on game day if needed. But again, it's surprising to me that one of them didn't make the initial roster just because of injuries and keeping Danny Gray specifically. Um, it seemed like they would have... Shanahan would have wanted one of these veterans in the room, but obviously they're there on the practice squad. We'll be working with the team day in and day out. So it's not a, it's not a massive need, but again, it's something that kind of stuck out to me when you're looking over the depth chart with a team that doesn't have a ton of surprises. Um, another group I kind of wanted to look at is, uh, you know, the tight end room uh, while George Kittle's a star, you know, there is an injury history there. And the 49ers used two picks on draft day at that position. So that screamed to me. They obviously felt the need to address it. And like we've talked about on this podcast before, we know who Ross Dwelly is. We know who Charlie Warner is at this point in their career. And, you know, a guy like Cam Latu, who we've talked about a lot, 
a guy I have had high hopes for for this season and for her season to kind of come to an end before it's begun before it's begun after just a disastrous preseason is disappointing. However, you know, late round pick, seventh round draft pick, Braden Willis makes the 53. All three seventh rounders for the 49ers made the 2023 roster. Um, there is some intrigue there with Willis with me. He's a guy I'm going to be keeping an eye on. I don't obviously see the 49ers kind of throwing him out there into different packages in the season. But for a guy that's going to be there every day getting reps with these guys, and, you know, he showed a little bit of you know, grit, a tough guy to bring down, has a little pop, has a little toughness, just looks the NFL body on top of that. Um, he's a guy that I'm interested in seeing, um, you know, kind of develop with the 49ers as he goes. I thought he flashed at times in training camp, didn't really show a ton in the preseason, still a bit of a mystery there. But, you know, out of all these guys that were kept on the back end of the roster, in my opinion, Willis is a guy to keep an eye on as just Let's see how this guy develops. The 49ers, obviously, we know what they did with George Kittle and how they can develop these guys. It'll be interesting to see kind of where Willis fits in. Maybe a year from now, we're talking a little bit differently about him. Um, again, cut down day for the 49ers. No major surprises. Um, this roster is not incredibly different than I think what we expected a month ago, two months ago, three months ago after the draft. This roster kind of speaks for itself. Uh, there shouldn't be many surprises outside of maybe the quarterback room, um, specifically with QB2 and the Trey Lance saga in San Francisco officially coming to an end as he is now a member of the Dallas Cowboys after losing the 49ers backup QB job. Lance was traded to the Cowboys for a fourth round draft pick. Tough pill to swallow for a lot of people out there listening. I personally was a Trey Lance fan. You guys have heard me talk about him. Um, I kind of wanted to see this thing through to an, through to an extent, but you know, at this point, in my opinion, this this conversation has been not only beaten in the ground, but it's been run over over and over again. And everyone has an opinion; everyone has their two cents on this, and rightfully so because it has been such a polarizing topic. And you know, I think it's as simple to me as a young player that needed reps to develop, a guy that didn't have a lot of a resume, a big background to build off of. And then when he came to Santa Clara, he didn't get those reps he needed to develop correctly. Injuries obviously put a halt to a lot of that. But, you know, after kind of waiting to get those keys, him getting injured, it's kind of that wrote most of Lance's story in the Bay Area. Obviously, you know, we can't gloss over Brock Purdy's just breakout last year. Obviously, that stalled things for Lance, but kind of. I want to leave this conversation at this because there's a few issues that stick out to me that I feel like we haven't talked about on here, but um, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch have been under fire. I would say this week over the Trey Lance decision, the Trey Lance draft pick, everything that happened. And, you know, that's going to come with any move, any big trade, whether it works out, whether it doesn't, even if they, you know, a lot of people don't even give the praise if the trade does work out. But in my opinion, this is where I land on it, where the big issue and kind of the head scratcher to me is with the 49ers is, you know, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, Adam Peters, Rand Carthen, who was here when that pick was made and whoever else was in the mood in the room when that decision was to trade those draft picks to Miami to potentially trade up to get Trey Lance. Let's let's just call it they had Trey Lance in mind from the jump. 
that to me stood out as a win now decision because you obviously had a quarterback that was you've learned was good enough to at least get you to a Super Bowl, good enough to, you know, win playoff games. But this move to trade for a young guy, a franchise quarterback, uh, was a win now move because they mortgaged their future on it. They were giving up multiple priority draft picks to trade up and get Trey Lance. When that happened, it seemed to me, let's go in reverse a little bit. When that trade happened and Trey Lance was the guy they were targeting and Trey Lance was the pick on draft day, it seemed to me that they saw enough from him at North Dakota State, excuse me, um, that he could go in there and compete and win in, on game one. It didn't seem like this was some developmental project as much as maybe I needed to see it as. But if you're going to trade three first round picks for a guy with a roster that had, you know, playoff aspirations, Super Bowl aspirations um, at that time, it seemed like you need to figure out pretty quickly what you've had in Trey Lance. And they didn't do that. You know, it was stalled and and how they handled things with Jimmy Garoppolo and everything from there. It was just a bumpy ride from the start. And, you know, whoever decided Trey Lance was as talented to send three draft, three first round draft picks for where were they when he wasn't talented enough to kind of give him the keys and write out some of these mistakes. You know, I understand the injury. I understand the injury happened, but I'm talking year one, you know, and, and I just wanted to see more of it. And I think that there was just the minute that Trey Lance was drafted by the 49ers and the, you weren't on the phones to try to solve the Jimmy Garoppolo issue and just let Lance be the guy, maybe bring in another veteran. And if it was that bad, put him in if needed, but I don't, think hopefully it was never going to be like that but you know when they drafted Lance it's you know it's not like the 49ers are necessarily in some big rebuilding stage George Kittle Debo Samuel Fred Warner Nick Bosa all those guys were on the team the, the roster was stacked I mean and you know there were those issues screamed out to me those are the questions that I have for for the 49ers brass is is what happened that it was so pro to trade all those picks and mortgage the potential future of the 49ers on drafting him that it changed so suddenly that over these last couple of years or whatever it was a year, it would got so ugly that it made you, you know, send him out of town or was Brock Purdy that good. And that's, that's as simple as it is. And we're all just overthinking this. Brock Purdy was that good. Um, you know, there was a lot of issues and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan deserve criticism. I mean, I think there's some questions that need to be answered, but in all honesty, why I think they need to take their medicine. Um, I am pretty surprised and I do applaud, uh, you know, the 49ers front office for landing a fourth round pick for Lance. I mean, if you were to ask me what's, I was asked a bunch of times, what do you think Trey Lance's trade value is? What are they getting back from him? And I told people seventh, sixth rounder, conditional pick type of thing. Like it seemed like his value couldn't have been lower, especially with that first preseason game against the Raiders where he didn't look necessarily great. He obviously had his moment in game two to lead that game winning drive 
and look good against the Denver Broncos. Um, but you know, I, I do applaud them for getting something back with that fourth round pick. And, you know, now on to Lance, it, you know, it, it could be as simple as just getting a fresh start, right? I mean, Dak Prescott has an injury history that we all know about. There's a chance he has a path to playing at some point. And it seems like the Ford, the Cowboys, excuse me, are at a crossroads themselves where, you know, if Dak doesn't perform this year right away, his, you know, ticket could be close to getting punched in Dallas. And so there should be some alley pathway to potentially Trey Lance seeing some playing time. And I also even if that playing time doesn't come or whatever, um, I think what's best for him at this stage in his career, and not even, I wouldn't even call it a stage. I would call it this moment is for him to have a clear role, right? Where there's no competition. There's no um, jumping from starter. Is he the starter? Is he not? Um, just go out there, be a backup, learn and compete in practice. I mean, uh, no stress, no real label of top three pick. You're the franchise quarterback. All that stuff lingering around every time someone is watching you. Just go play ball, stay healthy. I think that is a good step for him at this point in his career because you'd have to be crazy to not think that this kid is pretty talented. I mean, he we've talked about it enough. The traits are there. The arm strength's there. The mobility's there. The size, all those things. So just, you know, know your role own your role be qb2 for the cowboys um i'm rooting for him i really am i'm i'm interested in seeing how this goes how he develops behind dak prescott there and that kind of sentiment also screams for the 49ers similarly i mean it just kind of moving away from this cloud of this two to three year period of what it's felt like where this position drama the most powerful position in sports finally there's clarity in in santa clara jimmy garoppolo garoppolo versus lance lance versus purdy lance versus darnold these are questions every player every coach has to answer day in and day out we have to talk about it here on the show it felt like a never-ending cycle and as long as lance was going to be there there was going to be that chatter there was going to be guys like me once brock purdy what you know brock purdy's brown bound to have some form of regression. He's bound to have a bad game. If Trey Lance was behind him, there would be people out there chirping, get Trey Lance in there. What leash would Purdy have? You know, and now that he is the guy, that feels good. It feels a weight lifted off, I think, the 49ers shoulders, Kyle Shanahan's shoulders. And, you know, as long as kind of Purdy follows up his kind of performance from last year, I mean, I think you can kind of go into the 49ers quarterback position for the first time in a long time and have some significant clarity, not just Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy for now. He's a stopgap option. It feels like Brock Purdy has every chance now to be the franchise quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers for a pretty significant time. And that to me feels like the first time I'm able to say something like that about that position group in a long time. And so it, you know, in a long twisted way, it seems a bit like a win-win because Brock Purdy helped save the 49ers and John Lynch and the Trey Lance pick. And they now are on two completely different paths. And that just might be the best solution for both sides. Um, You know, before we move off this quarterback, uh, you know, conundrum 
specifically Jimmy Garoppolo. He was in the news earlier this week uh, during an interview with Sports Illustrated. He was asked about, you know, Trey Lance, the trade. Uh, I think what he called it was like a weird situation. Um, He kind of smirked, you know, with Lance. He said, you know, there's a lot of weird situations in San Francisco uh, or or over there, whatever he said. Um, You know, and during his time with the 49ers, Jimmy was, you know, a constant pro. Uh, um, He seemed to handle the questions and the chatter better than anybody. And he was a guy that wasn't a big talker and he kept his head down and kind of said all the right things whenever they needed to be said. And so maybe for him to say this now feels a little bit heavier than we might be making it out to be. Um, he knew Trey would hear that. He knew Kyle would hear that. He knew John Lynch would hear that. He knew we would hear it. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it did stick out a little bit to me this week. I don't love, you know, going back and forth on the he shed, she shed and having these big reactions to these type of things. But personally, I mean, that one from a guy like Garoppolo did seem to carry a little bit more weight. I don't know what it means, but I mean, it's obviously a little bit of chirping back and forth to his former team. Um, okay, so the Trey Lance saga is over. We can kind of wrap it up. We're obviously going to keep an eye on him here over on Believe in 49ers. But a couple more things to wrap up on this edition of the pod, starting with who is going to kick in week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers for the San Francisco 49ers. Zane Gonzalez went on the IR. Rookie Jake Moody is still nursing a quad injury. John Lynch recently provided an update saying, you know, Moody's tracking to be ready for week one, which is positive. But it wasn't a pretty preseason for the former Wolverine. You know, there were some missed kicks, missed PATs. And on Friday, I believe it was, or sorry, excuse me, on Thursday, the 49ers added former Chiefs, Steelers, and Jaguars kicker Matthew Wright to the practice squad. He's the first kicker in the practice squad. Um it looks like he's the insurance policy if Moody isn't ready in week one, you know, with the injury. And the the thing about Moody is that, you know, I wanted to mention is with the injury and the misses in the preseason, how much does Shanahan trust the rookie kicker? Um, you know, let's say the it's fourth and three and the 49ers have a chance for a 50 yard field goal or to go for it. Does Kyle Shanahan send the offense back out there and go for it because he's worried Moody might not be able to handle that kick. You know, will he let Moody pick his spots from different ranges or will he want the 49ers to move the ball closer and get it more comfortable for the rookie kicker? I think that's something we have to pay attention to just with this situation. It might be solved right away. The first drive of the season, Shanahan sends Moody out there for a deep kick. But obviously with everything we know about just rookies in general and the trust that comes with it, Um, I think that's something we need to pay attention to a little bit. Um, It's an interesting one to me because I did like the fact that in the the win against the Broncos prior to the injury that Jake Moody got to see that last one go through and got to see that field goal, the game-winning field goal, the team come out on the field, be the guy who won the game, quote, for the Niners. Um, 
have him have that. That could have solved a lot right there, but we didn't get to see it because of the injuries in preseason in week three. We didn't get to kind of get a conclusion paragraph on what was Jake Moody's preseason. So we'll just have to go into the regular season and, and see how it goes. But I think it's something essentially to monitor. Uh, obviously, Matthew Wright will probably be the guy if Moody is not ready. And Matthew Wright played for the Steelers. He's kicked at you know, um, Heinz Field before, so he should be ready. Kicked for the Chiefs last year. Um, and then, you know, moving off of kickers, one of the last things I want to talk about here on Believe in 49ers is Nick Bosa. Um, is it time to worry? I always, uh, you know, kind of sided with those out there who said, you know, don't worry, he'll be there in time for week one. But yikes, man, it is getting closer and closer. As we've talked about, the excitement of football season is very much there. I'm about to go put my flag out in the front of my house, a football flag. Um, but, you know, where, not where is Nick Bosa? Because we obviously know a lot of details about this situation. The negotiations are there. They're talking. There's communication. Um, all signs point to Bosa being with the 49ers for a long time. Ian Rappaport recently talked on the Pat McAfee show that he's going to get a ton of money. It's going to be with the 49ers. So there's no worry there where I'm asking, where are you worried about is when does this guy come back in terms of if he signs tomorrow, do you worry about a chance of injury? Um, do you rush him back for week one? Do you let him practice? Do you, have him miss week one and let him practice and get ready for week two. Um, you know, there's obviously a little bit of some injury history there with Bosa. Where, where's your comfortability in letting him play? I tend to imagine Nick Bosa is probably in great shape right now, way better shape than me. Um, and he is, that seems so silly to say, um, don't worry. I'll, I'll never say that again. Uh, don't ever make a note here. Don't ever compare yourself to Nick Bosa. Um, but if he, you know, I think he'll be fine. I, I, I probably say plan, you know, but I guess there is that side that, you know, it's, it's been a long time. It's been a long wait. And I think a lot of 49er fans out there have been waiting on, you know, pins and needles of when you, they see that Rappaport Schefter tweet, Nick Bosa has signed da, 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 for a mega contract. So, you know, I, I, I think it hopefully we'll see something this week. It seems like it's trending towards that direction, but what do I know? But it's, is it time to worry? Is my question to you. Hit me up on Twitter at Tommy underscore I, 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 that is triple I. All right. That's going to wrap up the 49ers side of the chat for today on believe in 49ers, but bear with me a second. Are you watching college football this weekend? If so, I want to know who are you watching? Are you watching your favorite team or are there some draft names to watch? I personally love the NFL draft and that starts with college football. I start having my guys. I like week one that I'm going to follow all throughout the season and see kind of where they land in April in the draft. And like I said, I'm going to be at the LA Coliseum on Saturday for USC versus Nevada. I know there's Caleb Williams and a million other guys on USC, but Kalen, Bullock is a guy of safety for USC that I'm going to keep my eyes on out there on Saturday. I recently wrote about him on Niners Wire, but there's so many games. I'm a, you know, Pac-12 fan, RIP, Washington versus Boise State should be an underrated good game on Saturday afternoon. Washington loaded, loaded with draft players. Roma Dunze, 
Braylon twice, Jalen McMillan, Michael Penix Jr., probably even missing some guys on there. But, I mean, they have some real top prospect talent, multiple first-rounders, multiple day two picks, uh, a lot of guys on the field that I'm excited about, wide receivers, uh, defensive linemen. And, you know, I can't lie, I'm really excited for Coach Prime and the Buffaloes versus TCU on Saturday. And then on Sunday, probably the game I'm most excited for this week, I think a lot of people are, is Florida State versus LSU. I love Jordan Travis's game, the quarterback for Florida State. He is real and worthy of a little sprinkle, a little sprinkle on his Heisman odds. That might be something you need to look up. Um, All right. That's going to do it for us. I love it, people. Hold on. Take a deep breath. We are almost there. We will be back shortly on Believe in 49ers with game week next week. Predictions, previews for week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is almost here. As always, thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate you all for sticking with me through these first couple episodes here as we get in a little deep. We're past our ankles now into the water on Believe in 49ers. Three or four episodes into the program. But next week, people, the training wheels are coming off on Believe in 49ers. Have a great weekend. Soak up some of that college football. Do everything you need to do with the family at home before NFL is back and taking over our lives for the next however many months. All right, I'll see you guys next week here on Believe in 49ers, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.